I remember some years I was to the max with my savings, almost with my kids' savings. But I knew after a couple of years, okay, when season starts, it's really going fast. I never worked with banks. Starting a company is easy. Selling your company, that's a different story. In The Big Exit Show by Peak, we lift the curtain of secrecy around selling businesses by speaking to ambitious and successful founders who have been on this roller coaster before. Our hosts, venture capital investor Jon von Mill and business journalist Remy Heating. Johan, it's wonderful to be here in your house, actually. It's a wonderful day today. We're looking out over your garden. And that's, that's funny because uh, our guest today founded a company, a web shop for wood for gardens, like Indeed. fences and stuff. I'm a client here. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. It looks very nice. Uh, our guest today is called Henk-Jan Bijmold. Uh, he founded Gadero. It is going to be an amazing episode. Indeed. Yeah, I think this guy is really fascinating because a lot of entrepreneurs, they have lots of ideas where they work on. And I think he explained it, how he deals with it, right? He has a lot of ideas and what he does actually with it. But also that at a certain point, he completely focuses on one company and he, he brought it to a really good acquisition of a PE company. And I think it's fascinating to hear his story behind it. Yeah, definitely how you can build a traditional industry into an e-commerce giant with uh, smart content marketing and marketing on social platforms like YouTube. And then running the company only on the front end without even knowing the numbers. I think that's really cool. Let's uh, go to the episode. Enjoy the show. So, Henk Jan, what's the heroic story behind Gadero? The heroic story, well, 2010, there was no option to buy wood for your garden online. So I was thinking, that's a good plan. And let's start, let's start that service mm -hmm. for the Netherlands and Belgium and, and make that very big. And, and what's the real story then behind it? especially after 12, 12 years later? Well, the real story was that we uh, just trying to, to sell wood online and we had not a really big plan. In the beginning years, I was thinking maybe we can make this 5 million big maximum, maximum, maximum. But it was 10 times more. Indeed. Uh, after 12 years. So yeah, but it was in the beginning just idea but, uh, sell wood online. That was a simple idea. Is that possible? Hey, and where, where did the idea came from? Because you're really an ID machine, mm -hmm. right? You. Yeah, before Gadero, I started with Sebastian Montalban Cleves, mm -hmm. the affiliate network. And we had, I think, about over 600 web shops. And we saw the home and garden market was growing, was interesting. And we also saw a lot of markets which was not growing and not interesting. <laughs> so I was wondering, okay, what, what can I do in, in home and garden? I was not so happy with Cleves. It was not my business to, to help other web shops out with, with more traffic. It was a little bit cowboy business as well. And we were late in the market. So we... A lot we, of competition. A lot of competition. We saw we will never be number one, two or three. So we were happy that we can we can sell it to um, Sado Group. Yeah. But I, I saw a home and garden during that time, interesting market. Also because your father owned a 
business in that space, right? Yeah, a nursery, a small nursery. It's so it's more more garden plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my brother was more in building gardens for people. So there were some 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 connections uh, <laughs> to start there. Yeah. Especially during crisis time. Mm-hmm. So there were some wholesales. Normally they will never never will help us out. But they were saying, okay, yeah, uh, we have not much business this day. So, okay, we prepare for you orders and you pick them up every two weeks. Okay, uh, let's do it. So yeah, because it was a year 2010, right? So mm-hmm. after the financial crisis, yeah. economy, uh, let's say, collapsed. Yeah. was a lot of, And that's the moment then you started this business, right? That's, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, so you sold your affiliate network, yeah. Cleves. Um, what was the point uh, that you said to your brother back then? Maybe we should start a business in selling wood for gardens. Uh, I remember I visited him and drinking some tea or coffee. And there was just that idea because I was thinking home business. Hmm, no, no, not my thing. And garden maybe better. And plants, yeah, plants really difficult. And so the idea just popped up food with with wood. I don't know why it was it was there. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 with him it clicked. He he thought well. We- well, my brother he he had the connections with uh, some wool sales, so he was really uh, enthusiastic about about the plan. And he um, yeah he calls uh, our first uh, supplier, and he, actually he he did. Uh, the magic, because I remember that first appointment with, with the wholesale that, company. With the wholesale company, and I was thinking when we drive back, okay, nice try, next idea, because this this guys they never gonna do this. And my brother says never do this. Yes, of course they will do. It takes more uh, more meetings, and then uh, they will do. Okay, you uh, you met another meeting than me because I hear really something different. But okay, he was. Um, because take us back to that time, you told friends and family, oh, we're, we're thinking about starting a company of selling wood for gardens online. And people thought you were pretty crazy, right? Yeah, at that time, people say, hey, people don't want to, want to buy that online. They want to see it in the shops. They want to see if it's straight. If it's crooked. Or to feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and select it by themselves. No, no, this is not going to work. <laughs> And also the wholesaler also didn't believe it, right? Because I would assume that a wholesaler sees a new market and sees it as an opportunity to sell, but you really had to somehow convince them to sell it yeah. to you, right? What's yeah. bizarre to me. What sounds bizarre. Absolutely. It was it was uh, the beginning that my brother has the connections there with the wholesale and, yeah. uh, and the relation. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, they will, they will never have to help us out. <laughs> so, so, so you got them on board. The wholesaler called you at a certain moment and said, "Okay, we want to work together with you. We want to yeah. we want to deliver you some wood, etc." And what happened then? How how did it take off? No, they 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 delivered no wood. We we only had a, a telephone and a computer. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a drop shipment, right? Or you? Yeah, we started yeah. with with drop shipping, and yeah. so an order came through, and then you put the order through to the wholesaler. Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning years, we had one wholesaler, so it was very simple. And I think we started our in uh, with the content writing, adding products in December. And I think in January or February we had uh, our first orders. So it was well, we are quite uh, surprised. And uh, the wholesale company was also quite surprised that it was going <laughs> so fast. But I think it was um, a couple of months that we uh, we were there with the truck uh, every every week. 
and of course not a full truck, but we had orders and we showed that it was uh, workable. Yeah. In in those early days, you really did everything yourself, basically, together with your brother. You, I read somewhere that you added over 7,000 products <laughs> after a few years, of course, uh, yourself to the website. And you were very, very avid about making it the best product page it could be. Yes, correct. Writing, writing hundreds, uh, thousands of words about every article. Yeah, and adding content also until you felt asleep, right? Yeah. So you were just, <laughs> that was your... True. My opinion was I want to understand it by myself because I was not from that business. So if we had information from, from wholesale companies or my brother, he has some information, most of the times for me it was not clear. How does it work? How do you screw it? What, what do you have to connect with it, uh, etc. So I had a lot of questions and uh, I sent the wholesale companies a lot of questions. Uh, but they, they liked it because... They say, hey, uh, other companies only call us uh, to complain about prices, about this, about that. And, and you really want to understand it, right? Yeah. And they, they say all the time, you you, uh, you guys have really uh, different questions than, than other companies. We like that. So so they really help us with, with extra information. And it helped us that people, they they didn't order one pole or one beam. No, they, they, they ordered like two pages uh, of, of products. And that's, that's, of course, what, what was our added value, that we have everything to solve your problem and not just a screen or, or et cetera. And I really liked it. I, was, yeah, I really like uh, writing. And uh, so I was, I, was, I was like to do that. At, at one point, uh, y- your brother and yourself split the company. You decided to go through with it. You got some differences about the strategic proposition of the company. Yes, correct. My brother uh, was really not an e-commerce guy. And um, of course, I am really e-commerce. So yeah, I was focusing on building a nice company and not focused on, on short-time profits. And my brother was different in, in, in thinking that way. So we, we both agreed this is not good to go further with, with two of us. And uh, This isn't going to be a nice Christmas dinner if we continue no, <laughs> doing business together. True, yeah. So we, yeah, we decided both, hey, it has to be one who's continue. And uh, maybe he or maybe me, that was, um, I think, a period of two months that we were both looking if it if it's fits or not. Yeah, and then, and then at a certain moment, I think he made you an offer, right? I read somewhere, mm-hmm. and you said, "You for this amount, I'm gonna double you the yeah. amount and pay it of you, right?" Because I yeah, also have been in that situation. And what you normally do is every partner puts writes down the number and gives it to a third person, mm-hmm. and then a third person sees who pays the pays the much will get. But so that's a pretty crazy solution right how, how did it happen how did it happen that you both let's say wanted the company and that it ended that way sorry that's that you separated that way yeah well it was not so easy because he he was also thinking oh it's an it's an uh, it's a nice company i like the product but he was thinking ah, i don't understand e-commerce so much so is this really something for me so I think that's why he out of the blue make a, make a low bit. Uh, so there was not really structured. Uh, not, not really no, structured. no, no, okay. no. So yeah, I could say, of course, I, I pay you one euro extra, but I was thinking, yeah, oh, come on, this company is more worth it. Indeed, so, and, it's your, uh, and it's also your brother, right? So it's, it's also, also your brother, right? So I think that was a good solution. Yeah. 
Nice. And, and, and I read also that, that uh, of course, in the beginning you've been struggling with that, but after, since you're, let's say, also uh, friends also uh, again, right? Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, yeah. it's hard to separate as a founder also, yeah, as we yeah. all know. That, yeah. The growth phase. Yeah, at one point you stopped, of course, with the dropshipping and you got inventory yourself. Tell us about that period. Yeah, that was uh, that was new for us to to start with inventory, but we we hear the wholesale company complaining. This is really too much for us. So much orders we cannot handle. You can better order fill packs, and and we saw the problem that. Uh, some items were sold out and we saw we can get better prices. So we we st- started with a small box. I think it was 400 square meter with, I think we had six, seven full packs of wood for us. That was amazing at that time. <laughs> and um, yeah, th- we started really, really small with uh, with full packs, but it brings us uh, a lot of new new information about, hey, what's, uh, what's the prices for... Uh, when you buy it like this, what you what, what can you do with your own stock? And we found out, hey, we, we need more supplies. We want additional items on our webshop. But with growth and with having your own inventory, it, there comes additional costs, of course, for the company. How did you finance it at the time? Yeah, I was lucky. I, uh, I sold cleaves for uh, 200,000 euros, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that for that was for me your good savings? money to, to, yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. to start the company. And what I said, we 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 started really really small with uh, with our own stock, and we built it up during the years. But there were times uh, I read that you also had to, like <laughs> every every uh, every winter when there yeah. is, isn't that much demand for uh, garden furniture and garden accessories, of course, that you had to like put in some of your own savings to yeah. keep the company going. Especially when the sun was shining, right? Then, then yeah. everybody became on ordering, right? And then you had, of course, had to had to have the inventory to sell, resell that, right? That's uh, yeah, true. That is that was quite tough sometimes because in the winter, of course, there is no no turnover, not so much, and you want to do your buyings. And when the winter is still there in April, yeah, people don't buy. So the yeah, that was sometimes was really uh, really if, scary if, and. Yeah. How how did you deal with that? Because that's that's I think in e-commerce, if you go from drop shipment and you go to let's say investment and also the marketing machine that you have been working, there's a lot of money and and you just mentioned that you had some money to invest. But was it also at that time limiting also your growth? Not in the first years, but when we moved to that enormous object we we rented yeah, at that time, okay, we had so much space for new stock. So yes, that time it was it was hard to finance. And I remember some years I was to the max with mm-hmm. with, with my uh, savings, mm-hmm. or almost with my kids' savings, yeah. uh, etc. Yeah. But I knew after a couple of years, okay, when the season starts, mm-hmm. it's really going fast mm-hmm. because people will buy then, and then after two months, everything is is, is clear. And the first years, I, yeah, I never worked it with banks. Did, did you at one point think that, okay, so every winter we, we have all our, our staff we have to pay and we have almost no customers at this point for our inventory. Do we need maybe to open another web shop for something that people want in, in wintertime? Uh, yes, of course. And we started with 
some simple uh, Christmas trees from uh, from wood. Mm-hmm. We started with with simple ones from wood, and later on, later on we said, okay, why not we we add real Christmas trees and artificial Christmas trees? So that was our winter product, and we were we were very proud of it. And uh, most of, most of the people were were laughing about it, but for us it was always an, a nice time in the year. Oh, let's switch switch to the, to the Christmas win- items. Yeah, the Christmas collection. And um, for us it was not amazing turnovers, but it was it was enough that people our our main staff was has it, something it kept to you do. Busy. <laughs> it kept you busy. Yeah, yeah, keep you busy. Yeah, yeah. Co- correct. And yes, of course, we were wondering for more for more items to do in the winter, but. We knew it's not so easy to do something extra, and because and there's a time, short time. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but there's a very short time period where you can deliver it and you have to buy it. Is that how, how many Christmas tree are you? Were you selling at, uh, at those periods? What yeah, that is a period of, of two weeks, I think. Yeah. But you, of course, you need some preparation time Indeed. before. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, the, uh, we sold a couple of thousand of, wow. of those things. Okay. And they're pretty big, <laughs> of yeah. course. So how did you deliver all of them on time? Uh, yeah, they were really big. So the no, the normal uh, companies, they were not happy to help us. So <laughs> the PostNL wouldn't help you deliver no, the no, Christmas no, trees? No, no not, not for two and a half meter, et cetera. And so so now we started to, to do it by ourselves. And we learned a lot about logistics, do it by yourself. And we knew, okay, it's okay for the Christmas trees. But we don't go to ship our uh, our wood orders to the client because this is really a different cookie. But we had some surface uh, trucks, tr- surface buses, mm-hmm. and we in that period we used them for the Christmas trees. Even nighttime delivery, right? Yes, we 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 tried that. You had to, I think, right, to deliver everything in time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to deliver uh, in such a short uh, period. But, um, I, were, were you also driving yourself in the in that period? I think I've done also some some Christmas trees and also uh, surface routes. I did also by myself. I did everything. Uh, actually, I did order picking every year. Yeah, very interesting to do every year and see. Hey, what can we do better? And your colleagues really appre- appreciate. Hey, yeah, you are just walking there in your your old clothes. Uh, wow, they really like it. At one point, you decide to go international to Germany and later mm-hmm. France, I believe, uh, and of course Belgium. Yeah. When did you decide to go international, and what was the strategy behind it? Well, the idea was okay. We had a lot of a lot of uh, products in our assortment, and how can we do more with the same products? And we were specialists in garden wood, and we want to stay there and don't add uh, other things like like uh, furniture or, or something like that. So we are thinking, okay, how can we make our market bigger? Mm, let's try really low profile in Germany. And I think we started in Belgium really early, I think the first or the second year already. And we knew from Belgium that people like their different product, different sizes. And we knew it also from, from Germany. So we said, okay, don't grow too fast in Germany because you you will have some problems in the beginning. So we did low profile, but we saw it growing slowly every year. And it was for us really helpful to uh, speed up our stock. Your turnover, your turnover, yeah, 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 your stock, yeah. right? That's, yeah. 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 And what was the, diff- the big difference between Germany and the Netherlands? 
Ja, de Germans, de, we call them the, the Americans of, of Europe. Uh, because they, they like um, artificial deckings with, they like, like screens with, with round uh, bows on top. And, and really different products that, that Dutch people will never buy. Yeah, and plastic fences with like yes. wood embezzlement in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You acquired a company in Germany, um, I think to accelerate your growth, but you also sold it at one point yeah we bought it i think two months after uh Egeria was on on board mm-hmm. uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in a, it was in really a bit. really fast by the idea was hey they it helps us when we have a really german company with a showroom with a, a german address and not tell german people hey we are here in holland so that was the idea behind it and we sold it i think the beginning of this year You never integrated it into the company. Yeah, we integrated. And it was not going really bad, actually. The thing was, the the manager of that company was leaving. And that was the guy who yeah, will make the difference. Hmm. And the new director of Galero has made the decision, okay, when he leaves, then yeah, maybe it's better to... Just to spin out the company. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it was not... I was not there for the decision so i don't know all the details yeah uh, but i read also that they had a different uh, structure a d- different culture also in the company right uh, i think they gave a lot of discounts i read somewhere yeah it was it was a really uh, different company yeah it was local oriented uh, not focused on e-commerce or, or website mm-hmm. for our terms quite small mm-hmm. so then suddenly there were Gudero and Gudero was online I don't say we were structured, but we have some. <laughs> we had a little bit structure. It was it was really hard to switch the culture, yeah, to more Gadiro style, yeah. And France, tell us about that. France, yeah, that was a, a really um, small company we bought, and that guy had a quite good web shop, actually, not so bad with some some content. And he didn't have a showroom, so he was mainly focused on on his webshop. But the main thing of his webshop was that people will will were calling him or send him an email. So it was not like we do in Holland; every order is online. Mm-hmm. But for us, it was quite easy for for him to to bring our culture of it. Okay, we want now more and more doing with the webshop. And we want, we would like to add uh, some new products to it. And um, so, um, yeah, that actually there was a really uh, successful uh, turnover w- with that guy. And uh, he's still uh, still on board and he's he's building now his, his first uh, showroom in uh, New York, close to Nantes. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. So how did it happen that you came to the conclusion to, to let an investor named Egeria to come on board? Yeah, there were more reasons um, for um, for an invest- investor. Uh, one thing was like we uh, yeah, have talked about the, uh, the financial. It was quite hard to finance all, all the products in the winter. And the company was also growing really, really fast. And I like doing new things. Uh, I like the entrepreneur phase of the company. Manage the company. Yeah, that is... There's something something different. It's a different ball game, right? Yeah, yeah r- really different. And actually, there were a lot of companies were knocking on our door to buy or to partner, uh, but mostly buy. And I learned from Cleves 
the the company we sold because the company who bought uh, Cleves, they were in Amsterdam. And what they did is bring over all the customers to their platform, to Amsterdam. Well, all clients run away because they were committed with our account managers and our software. So that actually there was a, a big disaster that, that turned over. So there were some, some companies knocking on the door and they say, okay, we, we go to move the company to... Uh, to the south of Holland, and uh, we put this uh, this name uh, on the company, and then I was thinking, oh my god, no, that's don't going to, that is not going to work. Keep this company here in Groningen, and that is the best mm-hmm. because it's not so easy to find staff and to find space, and I'm and I'm not going to the south of Holland to Utrecht <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, um, and then Egeria came, and they they say, okay. Actually, we never did something with web shops. We don't understand anything about Boot, but hey, we like your business. We like your company. We like to join and just go on with what you are doing. And that that story was for me is more more interesting. And how did you get to know Igeria? Because that's indeed a very typical company, right? To have as an investor in your company. How did that process went? Uh... Because for the listeners, Egeria is a very big private equity firm yes. in the Netherlands. Indeed. So you went for private equity instead of venture capital. Yeah. I had a little bit stocks sold to a, a wholesale company, Tindeco. And for us, for us was it a, a good partner for, for growing. And actually he brings us in contact with Egeria. And Egeria bought us on the same day, the Wilson company, Gadero, ah. uh, uh, and there were some more parts they 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 they, they sold. Okay, so they also bought, uh, bought Time Deco at the same moment, more or less, and yeah. bought, bought yeah. the share also in your company at that time. Yeah. Ah, okay, that's how. It yeah, 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 yeah. And a sawmill, and I don't know what's all in in, in the in the group. But before going to the exit phase, <clears throat> I wanted to ask. Um, you mentioned it already, Johan. Uh, Henk Jan, you've been called an ID machine. Mm. I think you started about seven, eight different companies, uh, yeah. invested in, in many more, acquired some, sold some. Mm. Um, yeah, where do where do all your IDs come from? But also, <laughs> how do you manage your time? <laughs> yeah. Um. Because you were also running different companies besides running Gadero in the growth phase, right? Um, I actually I did not run them, but I invest in them, and I was I was there for them when they had questions or or whatever. But I was not running them actually. But uh, they're in all different spaces, right? I saw a, sort of a um, a platform for the rental of office spaces, a platform to buy and sell art. <laughs> I did some 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 trials by myself. That's true. <laughs> um, I get a lot of energy doing new things. I especially see this now that I, I quit Gadero. For me, ah, oh, for me, it's really refreshing. And uh, then the ideas pop up easily. I like to surprise myself uh, and and some people around me that is going to work. That that energy, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I like. And how do you do that? How do you do that as a because I I uh, also. I have the same experience as entrepreneur that you see everywhere opportunities. If you see things, if you hear things, etc. And and but there's more opportunities than time and also than energy to spend on. How do you deal with that? Do you put it on paper? Do you talk about uh, do you talk about those ideas with people, or do you actually directly start something? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I've I've write them on paper. Okay. That's the that's the first thing. And uh, when they 
pop up all the time in my mind mm-hmm. and at least three months. Okay, when they come back in then, your mind. Then, then, then it's allowed to do something okay. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, well, I, I think I've, I select better now than I, when I was younger because, uh, of course, your, your energy is also different yeah. than when you were 20. Mm-hmm. And I try to find the right person with it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I invest now in garden plants and I find a guy who was really motivated for being an entrepreneur. He has a biology of nature background and I can help him with e-commerce and uh, starting a company. So that's, uh, I really like that, that connection uh, and working together. So that's how I do it right now. And yeah, how I, I deal with my, my time and energy. It's quite tough sometimes and I have to protect myself not to, to burn out because I have, I have, that, have had that period as well. Uh, yeah, that is it's, it's quite hard. So it's not so bad to to have a coach uh, when you are a young entrepreneur, I think. And sometimes a guy like a coach say to you, "Hey, it's better to slow yeah. down, relax <laughs> or, a little bit." <laughs> and how do you center. protect yourself? Because you mentioned you use a coach for that, but how do you, let's say, do that? How do do you help yourself with that? Well, I yeah, I don't really have a coach, but for me, is this year is uh, I built my new house mm-hmm. and I do some investments, but I don't going to start a mega startup by myself. No, okay. Not this year. And then we, sh- we will see later if I'm going to be investor full time or I do a project by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this year, I don't make uh, big decisions because Gadero was a heavy trip. Yeah. It cost a lot of energy. And how did you do that during Gadero? I mean, what I'm doing as an entrepreneur and also as an investor, I work my, let's say, my butt off always. But if there's time to relax, for me, that's in the weekend. And I mean, we're sitting here at my home and working in my garden and cutting some trees. That really <laughs> yeah. gives me a lot of energy and rest, and, et cetera. So that's how I balance myself and also with running and with cooking. That's, that works for me. How, how do you do that as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I have to learn that as well. Okay. To go away for a weekend or uh, jump on my bike. It actually doesn't matter what you do. But it took me a lot of years because the, I had a lot of success. Because And then you get addicted to the ex- success because you saw, hey, when I do this, yeah. uh, I think this will happen. And that's really cool. And everything is cool. But yes, but it also it costs a lot of energy. And I have had periods that it was yeah, hard to stop me. That's, that's a dangerous one, one last, uh, really one last thing before yeah. we go to the exit phase. One, <laughs> third time. One last thing. Um, in the growth phase, because I think this was very fascinating. You, um, you were selling with Gadero the, the, the wood for the gardens, like the fences. And you had a really good uh, content marketing strategy before everyone was going into content marketing. <laughs> like writing these really this long articles. It. Yeah, you, you invented it almost. But you also had a very interesting strategy for social media. You found out that your audience was mostly on YouTube and you started out uh, with YouTube videos and you presented them yourself. I think you were in 200 videos and you became sort of a local celebrity almost. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, that, that YouTube t- story is, is really amazing and actually really funny. We started simple with ID. Okay, people buy wood, buy a company and they have questions about installation. And we don't like that people complain after a couple of years because there is a problem. But most of the time, the problem was wrong installation. So we were thinking, okay, we want to make movies. Yes, yes, but that costs a lot of money, especially when you do it traditional 
away. And we don't want to pay 2,000 euros for a video. So then uh, a student who was uh, was doing a trainee at our company says, I know a guy who's just started a video uh, company and maybe he will help you out. Okay, and my best friend Wim was in the company said, okay, and who's going to do the, do the job? I was thinking, yeah, um, I write about all the products, so I have the knowledge. Maybe I'm not good in DHY, but I, c- I can learn and uh, we can cut when I, when I make, a, make a fault. So um, I was thinking, okay, I just start by myself because I had no idea who, who I can ask somebody else. So uh, so I started, I remember the, the first uh, edition with a lot of us uh, uh, and a lot of problems with screws go in, oh, too far, oh, <laughs> uh, broken. <laughs> also, people at our company were laughing a little bit about the f- first videos. Is this really a good idea? <laughs> but I was thinking, okay, we started and we give it at least two years because I knew YouTube is not so easy yeah, to, to get an audience. So um, I give myself some time and the videos were getting better and my, my screws were getting better. And it was also after, no, it was not about, I think about 12, 18 months. Then we saw, okay, uh, these videos, uh, some have really have some amazing views. Yes, some had millions of views. Yeah, especially during Corona time, we had a year with over 6 million views in one year. And they, yeah, I have sometimes people <laughs> recognize me on the street. And they look at you like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah, yeah most of the time that. Or, or when, it's, when they saw the video yesterday, then they remember, hey, do, are, you doing vi- are you doing videos for uh, Gadero? <laughs> <laughs> You're the video guy from Gadero. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> Say hi to the boss. <laughs> the exit. So Henk Jan... Egeria, the investment firm we talked about, bought 80% of the company at one point. Yeah, 2019. Uh, that's quite a lot. Why did you decide to sell 80% at that point? Um, yeah, well, actually, my idea was I sell 100% because I was thinking, okay, this company has a size, uh, a big size. I'm really like the startup phase, it's, it's my phase where I can add value. This is not my phase, so no problem. Bring some new director in and... Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wave off. And yeah, and I, I will start something new. But they were thinking, oh, no, Henk Jan, you are so important for the company and you have a lot of knowledge, etc. So we really want you to have on board. And then uh, together we we do the search for a new director uh, because I was really open about that. Yeah, that's that's not me. I'm not the guy who who, who tripled this this company. Sorry, but it's not not me. And that was no problem for them. They saw it. For, okay, we see it's not your profile. So we we took that road. That why I was still there, and searching for a new director was quite tough. <laughs> so we had a good plan that we said. You have to be agree, and Gyal have to be agree, and Geria have to be agree, and then we say yes. And if some one of us is thinking, "Oh no, this is not going to work," then we say no. So that was uh, a big search, a tough cookie, a oh. tough cookie. Yeah. Also, very. Uh, I learned a lot of, of that process. It was it was nice to join that process. What was the main learning you had? 
during that uh, process? Well, first they spent money with headhunters. In the beginning, I was thinking, what the hell are you doing? So much money for headhunting. <laughs> but I found out, okay, yeah, yeah. then you, you find people who otherwise you, we will never have find. So mm. that was the first thing. And um, yeah, they, of course, they looked different to, to, to my business than me. I was more looking, what is our culture? Uh, is it a culture, culture match? Of course, I saw there has to be some, some changes. That's good, but not 180 degrees uh, changes. So, um, yeah, it was interesting what kind of questions they asked for when we had a meeting with people. Mm-hmm. The whole process was, was, for me, was, yeah, was new. But it's also letting go of your baby, right, at that time? Yeah, I don't like it when people say that is your baby. Okay. Because I really like Adero. I like the product. I'm really proud of what, what I, that I started it and make it so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and But before Gadero, I did other things. It was the same. I, I also really liked. But for now, I also like to do something new again. Mm-hmm. And so when it's your baby, yeah, for me, it's not my baby. But that's really typical, right? Because on the one hand, you always say, uh, I like to work my butt off and work yeah. day and night. And also, I, I, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to relax and always busy yeah. with the company and I- import content until you fell asleep. On the other hand, you don't say it's your baby. Is, is that a, there perhaps a certain time point also, perhaps that it's not your baby anymore? Or is it in <laughs> general that a company, what you start, never feels like a baby? Um. Well, I think that bec- I'd, I'd like to disrupt the market to to yeah surprise myself and and the and the people in the market and and maybe some friends of mine who don't believe in it. That's nice. <laughs> and when it's success, then for me, yeah, it's I look for something new. It's time to move on. And same period for me now with Cadero, yeah. For me, it's no problem. There is a new director, and he, of course, he do things different. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes I think, "What? What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. But I'm not the guy that has a lot of problems with that. Mm. Back to it's the new phase, new yeah. people, yeah. and uh, it's already. And for me, it's also a new phase, and yeah. I really like it that I have still one percent of the company. Yeah, that's that's more symbolic, like an advisor, or I, I am there when they have questions, mm-hmm. and I like that construction. I don't know. Maybe it's the, yeah, the baby. Yeah, that's your family. Yeah. What was the reason behind the one percent? Because many founders who exit just sell all their shares, right? I, I, I like the idea of having one percent. Actually, yeah, yeah. I like the idea. Uh, but, but we it, haven't heard it. No, indeed. So far. Yeah. And and also, whose idea is it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the investor came up with it. Okay. And if I. Uh, uh, want to sell everything, or 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 is it a nice idea that you keep one percent? And because they liked it, because when they talk to me, I have hundred ideas, mm-hmm. a lot of bad ideas, <laughs> uh, some good ideas, but I have a lot of them. And <laughs> the idea uh, machine, <laughs> yes. And um, I have a vision. It's not just an idea. I have a reason why, etc. So I think they like it that they have somebody on board. Yeah. Uh, and of course, with a, lo- a lot of knowledge about the market. And you're also right, you're the driving force behind the company and also the energy in the company, right? So that if you only, I think from Igeria's point of view, only if you have 1% and always bring the energy that you also have here on the table to the company when they meet you, I think it's way o- more value than, than let's say the 1%, right? So also yeah. for them, it's, I think, a very good deal. So. so at the moment when you sold, let's say the 25% of the company, 
how did that went and and who do you who do you went to for advice etc yeah at that time i saw okay this market um to buy all the goods uh, the goods have a lot of volume as well it's it's really difficult and there was also a complex market for buying your goods everywhere and i found a partner who was really growing fast a wholesale company mm-hmm. was really serious with the business and i had a good relation with them i was already uh, a, a buyer uh, uh, there and I, i think i came yeah i came up with the idea hey when you you partner us uh, we can do more together we can work uh, work more together and we can yeah we cannot do it by ourselves for, mm-hmm. to to grow more more space more stock it it's yeah it's it's really a market normally i would say in a lot of markets the wholesale company has not a lot of added value mm-hmm. but in this business they have a lot of added value because of the space and also the shipment is yeah. is really different than than a, a postanel or or dhl product mm. yeah and when was that in time when was this i uh, think it was 2017 16 yeah something like that yeah so then they took a stake in your company this yeah. wholesale company and you also were of course happy because you had access to supply also at that time right because that was also what they provided yeah especially uh inventory yeah. um it was a, a strong partner for yeah. f- for more reasons okay okay so at a certain moment henkel you decided to to sell also the majority of your shares right yeah what was your let's say main reason to do that at that moment yeah the main reason um, was quite simple for me uh, because i saw i don't um, i'm not the right guy here anymore mm-hmm. it needs more structure it needs more management I don't I don't like meetings. I do maximum f- four meetings per year. But that's not <laughs> that's not possible to run such such big company. People like more communication uh, etc. Yeah, I also like communication, but I did my meetings at uh, 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 by the printer yeah. and and, uh, <laughs> and and then go on. Yeah. And uh, I saw okay, yeah, this uh, I I bring it to a really nice size and uh, for me I did everything you can do in this branch. I, I I meet all the people. I know all the people in the branch. So it's it's time for something new. So you you realize right? This was not your style, and not not let's say the face of the company anymore. And then you decide to sell indeed the majority. What did you do, and how did you let's say address that? How did you what what were your steps that you taken then? Yeah, well, actually, that that's for me. That started automatically. Because the wholesale company said, "Hey, I, I have a partner who'd like to to buy both of us," and that also triggers me to call some other companies, which which I knew they are were interested before. Mm-hmm. I actually found out quite fast that the partner of that wholesale company that is a good partner for me. How many how many partners at that time did you let's say uh, contacted? Was it? Uh I think I had I had two serious companies who were okay. interested. Yeah. Okay. And so you go into these negotiations, and at one point you decide, well, maybe the Egeria is, is the right partner. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of ne- negotiator are you? And did you do the negotiations yourself? Uh, well, I don't think it's good to do it by yourself, but I did some, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have some advice from from yeah from local lawyers uh, mainly. Yeah. Saying is that you should always once in a negotiation you should walk out. Did you do it? Uh, yes, I did. 
And, and you mentioned you had a lawyer helping you, right? That's for the legal stuff. And normally with the exit process, you also have, let's say, an investment banker mm-hmm. kind of guy or girl joining you, right? Really having a, doing the tough negotiations. Did you also do that or did you do that yourself? Um, I work a lot of together with the wholesale company who also negotiate for everything. Everybody ah, yeah, okay. So, because they were working also on yes. your behalf, right? So you shared yeah. indeed the parties also that they worked yeah, with. And I, and I knew them really good, so... Yeah. I knew I, I can I can trust them. Yeah, and 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 who did you ask for for advice on on the valuation? Uh, I think I've called uh, Ron Belt from Blue Mind. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a really known guy for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at one point you decide. Well, there there was only one real party that could buy the rest of the shares, the the rest of the nineteen shares. Uh, yeah. If you, if you get one, ninety percent. Yeah. Yeah. You finished the the sale. What did you do? How did you celebrate? And what did you buy for yourself? <laughs> Or, or how did you get drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I didn't buy r- not really something special, I think. The moment was that we find uh, the new director. So that was uh, a good moment to say, okay, then it's a good idea to to sell some, some shares. And how I celebrated, yeah, not so special. Going out with my wife for, for dinner. The valuation. Gadera is an attractive target. It brings a digital business model and streamlined logistics to a large offline market and is complementary to Agarius' investment in Town Deco. Together, they can secure an interesting market share in the gardening and lumber space. Agaria already acquired a sizable stake in 2019, but for simplicity's sake, let's just consider the 2022 exit. It is reported that Gadero did 15 million turnover in 2019 and 36 million in 2020. That's 140% yearly growth. Given COVID continued to fuel market demand, we may assume growth remains strong in the next year. Let's assume, say, 100%, making Gadero's 2021 turnover 72 million euros. Now let's turn to PE valuation benchmarks in that same period. On average, e-commerce models fetch between 0.3 and 0.5x revenue multiples. That would translate to around a 36 million euro valuation. Given Gandero's fast growth, international expansion, portfolio synergy, and warehousing operations beyond the e-commerce front end, I would assume a significantly higher multiple. Let's take in the 1 to 1.5 range. Assuming a 1.5 revenue multiple, Gandero would be valued at around 108 million euros. So Henk-Jan, is this estimation too high, too low, or exactly right? Extremely too high. Very well, very well. Well, I certainly enjoyed this interview with you. If so did I. So did I. It was a great speaking to you. Do you have one last advice for entrepreneurs who are willing to sell their company in the next couple of years? Um, sell it when you think, I don't like it anymore to do this in a time of three years. So when you say to yourself, I w- after three years, I don't like it anymore, then it's a good moment to sell. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Big Exit Show by Peak. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If so, please subscribe to our show on Spotify or on your podcast platform of choice. If you have feedback, let us know. Send us a message to podcast at peak.capital. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us for the next episode. See you soon.